0: Girlfriends, episode number 33, Kids and Chores. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends. Thanks for being here. Thanks for showing up for another week of the Girlfriends podcast. Uh, Just a little side note before we get started on this week's topic, which is a perennially popular topic, kids and chores. I get questions about kids and chores all the time, for as long as I've been writing or blogging or anything, I've been hearing from moms about kids and chores. So that's why I thought we'd take that on this week. But before we get to kids and chores, I wanted to revisit uh, the episode from a couple of weeks ago where we talked about body image. Um, it just struck me this week. I had a thought about body image and the example that we set for our kids because they're always listening. They're always listening and they're taking it all in. They're learning about how to talk about, how to think about their own bodies, how to how to care for themselves by seeing what we do with ourselves and the way we talk about ourselves. Anyway, um, it was just a small thing, but it really struck me and I thought I'd share it. Um, it was a couple of nights ago that um, a lot of the kids were having ice cream treats, I, you know, during the summer. It's such a short summer here in New Hampshire, but we've had a lot of heat, and we, um, I try to keep the freezer stocked with like, you know, fudgesicles or those freezer pops and, you know, different kinds of frozen treats for the kids, and although it's not a free-for-all, it ends up being that way some days, and I find the wrappers all over, drives me nuts. Anyway, that's a side note to this side note. Um, on this particular, day that we had run out of those treats and one of my older kids was disappointed and uh that we didn't have them and so I said well you know there's that box of you know I keep for me in there a box of they happen to be Weight Watchers brand little ice cream bars that are like 80 calories each or something and they're they're pretty nice to have a box will last me forever because I don't need them every day but when you're really kind of craving something sweet it's kind of nice to have a low calorie option in the freezer Anyway, um, I said to this, my older uh, child that was disappointed, I said, well, you can have some of those, you know, that are in the, you know, the freezer down there that those ice cream bars that are mine. And he's like, what, what are those? I don't even understand why we have these. And I said, well, those are just ones that I can have. And I, you know, wasn't really thinking and wasn't really meaning to give a lesson to my kids in any kind of way. But Gabby, who's my 13-year-old daughter and always very observant, said, Mom, those aren't the bars you can have. You can have any ice cream bars you want. And I just laughed because, of course, that's true. But look at the way I was talking, like setting these limits for myself. And, you know, although I I certainly don't want to be choosing to eat a giant bowl of ice cream every night. And that's why I keep those things is so that I'll have a healthier option. But it's important to think about the way we think. The way we talk about these things and that comes from the way we think about these things, you know, in my mind, those are the ones I can have. The other ones are the ones I can't have, you know, and (laughs) took Gabby to notice it and point it out to me. So I just thought that was really interesting and a good reminder to me and I wanted to share that reminder with all of you that Our kids are watching and they're listening and they're learning lessons, even without us ever meaning to give them one. We're teaching them every day with the things that we do, with the things that we say. And it's really important, especially when it comes to body image. I want to model positive body image for my daughters. I don't want to talk to them in in ways that are, you know putting myself down or talking about, you know, loathing my own body and not being grateful for the body that God gave me. So, of course, part of that is taking care of my body. And I think that's an important example that we can give to our kids, girls, especially, I mean, all of our kids, but girls, especially, but also a good healthy reminder, Gabby is good at giving me those to pay attention to the way we think and the way we talk about these kinds of issues. So anyway, getting to today's topic, which I told you, it's a perennially popular topic. People want to know about this. A few years ago, I shared a chore chart um, online. I can probably dig it up. It's probably in my Google Docs. It was pretty elaborate, and it was color-coded, and it was per child, and it was for, I am not kidding, every minute of the day. Every minute of the day was covered <laughs> because there were there were jobs that everybody needed to do before breakfast and after breakfast, and then we had school time, and then it was jobs after school time, and then before lunch jobs, and then lunch jobs, and then after lunch jobs. Really, I had the day broken up like that, and um, I laugh at it now, but it was a really important thing for me during that time in my life because I guess I was pregnant with number six, I think it was during that time. Anyway, pregnant... And so sick, you know, I get really sick, I I don't ever need to be hospitalized when I'm pregnant, but really sick in those early months of pregnancy, just really non-functional. And so I kind of made this chore chart, like the minute I got the positive pregnancy test sort of as a defensive measure, like we're going We're going to still accomplish life around here because I had big enough kids that were able to do certain things, and you know everybody down to the littlest kids had you know certain jobs. some Some of them were funny. It was like you know, whoever was the littlest kid then, like Stephen, it was his job was at certain times in the day like get yourself dressed, you know <laughs> so it's very basic, um, or you know get uh, allow an older child to help you get dressed, that kind of thing. anyway, that I'm sharing that because a lot of people want to know about chore charts. I have been through all of the systems of chores, chore charts and chore wheels and chore jars and all the chore things. I've done them all <laughs> and uh, they've all worked for a little while and then ultimately end up rejecting them all or just neglecting them. Um, they kind of fall out of use, because I think it's hard to stick to a system, especially for me. This is, you know, part of my personality is, um, I don't tend to be really structured. I don't, I don't, my my fault is not over organization. So, um, you know, I find that those systems work for a little while. And sometimes I'll get a book, and it will really inspire me to, you know, really get organized with regard to assigning family chores and rotating them and being fair and all of this. But, at the end of the day, you got to do what works. you got to do what actually accomplishes things around your house. And what I always end up finding is that I reject the charts. If you have one and you love it, let me know. And I can, I can share it with um, listeners next week or something. Um, you know, so you can email me, Danielle at daniellebean.com, if you have a system that you love. And I know I recommended a, a website a few years ago. Um, that kind of helps you to to assign chores and or maybe it was an app or it had an app see I don't even remember these details because I don't use it but I thought it was so funny because I probably blogged about that a, a long time ago and then a woman recently at a conference came up to me and told me the name of the website and said oh my gosh thank you so much for recommending that I use it every day I've been using it every day for all these years it's such a lifesaver for me and I was like what what website <laughs> Like, and she was so surprised that I wasn't using it too because it It was a passing phase for me, Um, but I just, I I love that because it was really working for her. So that, you know, that just really emphasized for me, you got to figure out what works for you and you got to go with that, you know, Um, don't, don't think you have to do what your sister's doing or what your girlfriend's doing or what your mom always did. Figure out what actually gets stuff done and keeps you sane in your house is the number one thing when it comes to charts or not charts, or sometimes you need charts for a a certain season in your crazy life and then you don't need them so much, you know, like I, like that example I gave. Um, So that's it about charts that's all I have to share about charts and and I'll look up the the link to my my crazy hyper uh, super scheduled chart from years ago um, in case anybody is in that time of their life right now and they could use it I think that's great Um, but why are chores important why is it important well first of all I think we need to figure out like what's our goal when we're talking about chores and kids like what's our goal here of course one of our goals is to just get the stuff done like this basic stuff like cleaning laundry meals those basic things that need to get done every day um we want to get them done and it's not fair to burden the mom with all of those and you know i grew up in a household where my mom did do pretty much everything i mean we had chores but honestly i was lazy i was lazy as a kid sorry mom and it She let us get away with that. And I totally get it now that I'm a mom because I go through times in my life where I totally let my kids get away with being lazy and I know they're being lazy and out of my own laziness because I don't want to get up and make them get off their butt and, you know, do X, Y, or Z. The easiest thing for me to do in the moment is just to do the thing myself. I get that. Sometimes that is the appropriate response because we can't always be perfect about these things. But if one of your goals is to make your kids contribute to the household in a reasonable way to share the burden of household chores, because it's not fair. And you're going to go nuts. You're going to freak out on everybody one day because you're doing everything and everybody else is sitting around. And, you know, I can, I can testify to the fact that um, as, as a kid, we, You very easily fall into these expectations like, oh, mom will do it, mom will do it, you know, and then when you're on the other side of that, of the mom will do it, it will drive you up a wall. And, you know, it's not even, it's not even anybody being malicious, but if mom always does it, that's what's going to be the expectation. So you have to, you have to establish some, you know, regulation with regard to chores, even if you don't want to do a chore chart. But the way I tend to do it is um, we'll have certain times a day where we kind of clean up together and this is easier to do during the school year with my younger kids who are homeschooled um and i I find that my older kids although they they worked a lot they did a lot of chores and at a very young age were very capable at a young age early on in their lives that um some of my older kids who go to school they do a lot less around the house. And I think that's just natural because it's not that they're not willing to contribute. They are, but they're getting up early in the morning and they're going to school and they've got sports and other commitments, jobs, some of them. And by the end of the day, they're doing homework and they're just they're just tired. And while I think it's not right for them to be entirely focused outside of the household, certainly there are certain expectations, especially on weekends that you can require of them. With us, it's like helping with um, just general cleanup around the house or it or something like hauling in wood in the winter you know those basic things that need to get done you can save some for the weekend for bigger kids but you know keep in mind what your goals are so Is your goal to have your children not be lazy butts? Well, yes, that can be accomplished through assigning chores on a regular basis. And I find that the more I do it and the more I kind of make it like a a team spirit kind of thing where it's not just picking out one kid and saying, hey, you right now, I want you to go in and, and sweep the dining room floor. Uh, I try to make it that we're all doing things at the same time, me included. You know, it just feels like now's the time we're going to do a general cleanup in the house. Uh, I'll try to do it a couple of times a day. um, And they generally have good attitudes about it. So then I'll, you know, assign various chores or something else that I've done with varying degrees of success is assign kids rooms. Like, you know, we're going to spend the next 10 minutes doing a cleanup, you're in the dining room, you're in this living room, you're going to tidy up in the bathroom or sweep the stairs or whatever it is, you know, you know the things that need to be done. And so, you know, dividing it up that way, but then all working at the same time, I think really works well for my family right now. That's, that's kind of the way I tend to do it. But then there's the other goal that you might have with having your kids do chores, and that's to teach them some basic life skills and this is great you know I always think when I'm teaching my kids you know how to do laundry I shared a while back that I've got a new system where they each are in charge of their own laundry and they each have their own laundry basket I am still loving that system by the way. It works great. It I mean, not perfectly. We still have our issues sometimes or the days when everybody's trying to use the laundry machines at the same time, but for the most part it works really well and I no longer have the overwhelming job of just giant piles of laundry that need to be sorted and put away that that has really really reduced the the level of labor that's involved in keeping up with the laundry around here. So I still really do recommend that. But if you want your kids to be able to do basic things like laundry like prepare a meal like um, fill the dishwasher, run the dishwasher, work a vacuum, how to sweep a floor if you want them to know how to do these things, you have to teach them how to do these things and I know this is why we don't sometimes. this is why uh, you know I'll a lot of times just decide, oh my gosh, I'm just gonna clean the bathroom myself because then I will have a clean bathroom and it's a pain in the neck to like walk a kid through it but, it's a worthwhile investment of your time to teach kids these basic skills for basic chores. Like, for example, let's say like the, the cleaning the bathroom chore. You can break it down into smaller parts. You could have them do just one one part of that, you know, one part of that chore for the first time that they do it i know that i did this once upon a time i'm no longer following the system but it did work for me really well for a while where there were various chores like cleaning a bathroom um like you know running a load of laundry where i broke down the chore into different parts and kind of steps so that i I had a, a list of the steps i had it on this laminated sheet it was another mom who had done this and i got the idea from her and so they could just look at the laminated sheet when they were going to do the job, and just follow the steps that I, I broke it down into the most basic steps. So, um, you know, it, how to how to scrub out the toilet, how to how to clean the sink, how to um, clean the the shower stall, or that sort of thing. So it was that was a nice way to really actively be teaching my kids in a way that didn't always have to involve me being right there with them. Of course, if they're very little, you do need to be right there with them, and. In that case, maybe you don't want to be assigning, you know, the four-year-old to clean the bathroom. (laughs) But four-year-olds are more capable than you think. And um, there may be something that they're able to help out with, with with regard to cleaning the bathroom, if you're doing the job, that they could be right there with you and you could assign a part of it to them. But, you know, breaking it down into steps was really a concrete way to even show them like you're learning a skill here and this is you know to make sure that you don't miss any of the steps and that this job gets done properly so that was really helpful for a while and I might actually now that I'm talking about it do it again with my younger kids because that really was my older set of kids I tend to break up my kids in in fours my four oldest and then my four youngest are kind of two packs to me and anyway with the four youngest I think maybe it is time for us to do those kinds of chores where they might learn a larger skill but You know, even beyond their future spouses thanking you that they they know how to do basic housework, I think it really is valuable to the kids themselves to be contributing members of the household. That, you know, you're part of a family. It it speaks a message to them that they are part of a family, they are part of a community, and the fact that they're expected to make a contribution – This self-esteem that we're always talking about, that we want our kids to have, that's where it comes from. It comes from actually accomplishing things, actually contributing, actually, you know, learning new skills and being able to accomplish things. That's how they're going to feel good about themselves. That's how they're going to get that self-esteem, not us telling them how awesome they are while we run around like a maid around them. Being a contributing member of the household is a huge boost of confidence to your kids. So, if you're trying to avoid giving out chores because you think it's mean to your kids. Well, it's mean to your kids not to do it. You know, it's it's mean to you not to do it be- and, and mean to your whole family in the end because you're going to end up burnt out, disgusted, wanting to quit, possibly being like a martyr mom and just making your whole family miserable in the process. The final point I want to make about kids and chores is how to motivate them. How do you motivate them beyond just requiring it of them or punishing them if they won't do it? Now, some people use allowances. Um, I grew up getting an allowance. It was very small, but uh, I, I I never did do it with my kids. I just I don't know. Maybe we couldn't afford it. I don't know why we didn't do it. No, I just don't really see the value. I think that what I my general attitude toward chores with kids and whether or not to pay them and whether or not to bribe them is there's a certain level of participation in maintaining the household, in contributing to the household, that is just expected. You're going to live here, you're going to sleep here, you're going to be part of this family, then a certain level of commitment is just expected from you. Beyond that, and I, I can't really put a concrete level on that, it really is just sort of a daily contribution that I expect from each of my kids, but if there's a bigger job, something that's, you know, like gutting out the pantry and cleaning it, something I'm assigning to my daughter Juliet at the moment, um, they can get paid for it. And I think that's only fair, you know. Um, I don't pay them tons of money, but I pay them what I think is appropriate And that tends to keep everybody happy, me included, because some of these big jobs really do wear on me because I'm not getting to them. Well, kids, my kids anyway, um, generally have more free time than I do during the day when I'm trying to do dozens of different things, and especially during the school year dealing with rides and whatnot, that... They can devote to a larger task, whether it's, you know, completely cleaning out the pantry or um, super cleaning something in the yard or whatever it is that you're not getting to or that you feel like is a big job that you, you really want to get done. I really do recommend paying kids for those kinds of jobs because it's really a going above and beyond. And recognizing that by paying them for it, I think is only fair. And, you know, while we're talking about it, um, I guess it isn't really a chore, but in some ways, I guess it is. Babysitting, you know, I tend to not need it so much now because my youngest is nine, but back when I did need kids to be babysitting or being responsible for younger kids on a regular basis, I did pay for that too, for the most part, you know, not if it was an everyday kind of thing and just for an hour here or there, but if it was above and beyond, if I was going to be gone for an afternoon or if Dan and I were going out for an evening, yeah, we would pay our kids for that and not the going rate because babysitters get paid a lot of money these days. I remember babysitting for a dollar an hour, but, um, you know, we don't pay them tons of money, but we do pay them to 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 sort of recognize that contribution of going above and beyond. And I think that's important. I think it's important to recognize their, their valuable work in that way. So those are just my random thoughts about chores that I decided to share with you. I know you have some too, because like I said, this is always an important topic to people. Moms in particular want to know, and then they also want to share what works with them. So if you have an idea to share, if you have some new system that you're working and it's going great and you want to brag about it, let me know. Send me an email at danielle at daniellebean.com or better yet, connect with me on Voxer or send me an mp3 of you telling me what your chore system is or what your successes and failures have been with regard to chores. Or you can always go to daniellebean.com and click on the tab that says leave voice feedback. I would love to hear from you that way because I love adding other women's voices to this podcast. I would love for it to be yours. Hey, girlfriends, who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. This week, I had the chance to talk with Christine Johnson, who is a runner friend of mine. She's one of my friends, and I don't have that many people um, that I'm connected with on Nike Plus, the Nike Plus running app, and we can encourage each other there. We can see each other's progress there. Anyway, Christine has done some amazing things with regard to fitness in that she's really made it a part of her life. She's It's really made a big difference in her life as a mom, and it's a new commitment that she's learned And she's taught herself how to actually be a runner, something that she's been surprised to suddenly realize about herself that she has that capability. And I love the positive way she shares about it, especially on Twitter. Anyway, I hope you enjoy. Take a listen. I'm excited to welcome a Twitter friend of mine to the Girlfriends podcast today. Christine Johnson is here with us. Christine is a wife of almost 23 years and a mom. Her kids are 15 and almost 18, as well as a lay Dominican. She homeschools and is a contributor at CatholicMom.com. In addition to sporadic blogging on her own site, DomesticVocation.com, she is also a contributing author to Word by Word, Slowing Down with the Hail Mary, as well as the upcoming The Catholic Mom's Prayer Companion. Welcome to Girlfriends, Christine. I'm glad you're here you're here with us
1: thank you I'm glad to be here too
0: yeah I mentioned Twitter and we were chatting just before we started here about your run streak that you just were sharing on Twitter how many days in a row did you run 60 wow I mean super impressive I, I know as a runner myself it's sometimes hard to get out there as, you know even just you know three times a week or whatever so pl- I applaud that and um, you're going to take a well-deserved break now
1: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the longest run streak I did was two years ago when I did six days in a row. Wow. <laughs> this was un- unexpected and, and fun at the same time.
0: Yeah, wonderful. And I think it's really inspiring to, to moms that, you, you know, it, you can get out there and do it and you can become a runner. And I, I heard what you shared on the Jennifer Fulweiler show about becoming a runner. And I think that that journey that you share so honestly and openly in a very real way is something every mom can relate to.
1: Well, hopefully, yeah. I I really feel like anybody can be a runner if they just want to get out there and do it. I mean, as long as you know, there's not physical problems sure. preventing. But, but it, you don't have to be some athlete. I've never been particularly athletic. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what I feel
0: like running and or running and walking or combined running and walking as exercise is so accessible to everybody that get out there and use your body people. I <laughs> I'm a big fan of running and and you know I think that part of it is that um that we need to the message we need to give to women is you know, you don't have to be a hardcore athlete to, to become a runner and to make it a part of what you do every day or, um, you know, even just a few times a week that it doesn't have to be like that. It's something very reasonable and, you know, moving your body in a way that God intended you to is a very good plan. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks for sharing that. But we're going to get to our regular questions that we do. We ask everybody the same questions that comes on the Girlfriends podcast. I'm looking forward to hearing your answers and learning a little bit more about you. Um, So let's start with our first one. Can you tell us, Christine, about a time when you felt like you really triumphed, a triumph or an achievement that you felt like you accomplished, whether it was in your personal life or in your professional life?
1: Um, Well, this really seems seems like everything I do lately has to do with running. (laughs) I like it. yeah, the, the first really big accomplishment um, that that came to my mind was when I did Couch to 5K the first time two years ago. Because mm-hmm. um, when I started it, it really felt like it was impossible. Um, right. I couldn't run for two minutes in a row, and one was really hard. Um, I almost chickened out when I looked at the last week's workouts um, because I didn't think I could get there in nine weeks. Mm-hmm. And then when I did. I, I remember I came back inside the house after running and my kids were down the hall doing whatever they were doing. Cause it was summer. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just burst into tears Ugh. and they came out and they're like, did you hurt yourself on your run? Are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm just so happy. <laughs> thing, And they're like, Okay, mom's crying again. That's awesome!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yay, mom! <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that story, and I love it because it's real. And that's like a really great um, sharing of an accomplishment with your kids, and sharing that moment with your kids. I think that's beautiful.
1: It, it's neat because I know they're proud of me because I've, I've come a long way. Even this year, I've come a long way from where I was at the beginning of the year to where I am now.
0: Right, right. Wow. And just, you know, and setting a great example for your kids. That's always something that I try to remind myself like when I'm not feeling like getting out the door for a run or doing a workout that – it really sets a powerful example to my kids when I make the time and make the effort for that. Even though sometimes they're whining as I go out the door, like "When are you going to be back?" <laughs> but <laughs> but I think it, it setting that boundary and saying, you know what, this is this is a priority for me, and this is important. I'm going to take care of myself in this way, and you're going to be perfectly fine till I get back. Is it's really an important thing that I, we can teach our kids just by doing it without having to preach about it.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Yeah. And what a good triumph. I love that, Christine. All right, moving on to our next question. Can you share with us about a mistake you once made and what did you learn from that mistake?
1: Um, well, until a few years ago, um, I, don't, I can't remember how long it's been now, maybe five or six years. We never kept a budget. Mm-hmm. And uh, I quit working 12 and a half years ago when we moved from Florida to Virginia. And our finances were a huge disaster. Mm-hmm. Um And we wound up, friends of ours gave us um, Dave Ramsey's book. And I wound up, uh, my husband and I sat down and we learned how to write a budget and how to stay within it. And um, we wound up, what we learned was how to pay everything off. Uh, We paid off everything but our mortgage stuff. Um, And while we're not, you know, completely where Dave Ramsey would think we might want to, he might want us to, um, (laughs) we've learned how to stay in, in a budget. And so that was that was a big deal, mm-hmm. um, and even like going those little bitty baby steps at just pay this little thing off and pay this little thing off, and you know, baby steps towards your goal are still steps.
0: Right, that bring you
1: closer. So you know you can't like just like I couldn't go out and run for a five k when I first started to five k. I also couldn't just turn around and pay everything off all at once. We mm-hmm. we had to learn how to do little bits at a time and change our change our habits to. Keep that in check.
0: Sure. Yeah. And I, I've, I've
1: never done the Dave Ramsey program,
0: but I've done similar ones, and I know people who have. And that's what I find is helpful, is it kind of
1: walks you through small steps in the right direction. Yeah. And it's always good to have somebody to help guide you through things that you don't know how to do. Right. Um, and I know this sounds really bad, but sometimes it's helpful when it's not your mom and dad, because even when you <laughs> You still don't want to take advice from your parents. <laughs> I don't know. What's that pride thing? Oh, oh my god. I think I need to go to confession about it or something. <laughs>
0: I know. Well, that's so true, though. And I'm keenly aware of that with my own kids. So that's why I'm always grateful when they have good resources and good role models in their lives who are not me, because sometimes they need to hear that message from a different source.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Oh, gosh, I love it. Okay. Um, Now, you said a couple of the the questions that I sent you were related. Maybe you just want to address one or both of them, um, talking about the best advice you ever received?
1: Um. Right and that relates back to the advice I'd give myself from 15 years ago which okay might be easier to get the best advice part if I kind of told that okay um, tell that first okay so um, my younger daughter as you said is uh, is she's 15 mm-hmm. and um, when I was pregnant with both of my girls I had very bad hyperemesis mm-hmm. um, and I I was morning sickness would have been a drastic improvement. It was, it was very bad. Um, I, I've written about it on my blog a couple of times and, and supported um, the hyperemesis uh, gravidarum awareness campaigns that come up every May. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when you're sick for 20 weeks, um, with nonstop throwing up or being on heavy drugs with your first pregnancy, and then you do it for 25 in the second time, mm-hmm. um, you know the, it's scary. The right. idea of having more babies is really scary. And so, um, you know, when I read this question, the only thing I could I was like, "Well what was I doing fifteen years ago? It's was like fifteen years ago, I was preparing to have a tubal oh. and and if I could go back, I would tell myself to stop mm-hmm. and <laughs> and I was just i I hadn't thought about that it was like coming up on that, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, i would I would tell myself not to and to trust God. Mm-hmm. with that decision and, and to trust him and to that you know, the guilt and the pain are, are worse than, than I, I think it's even worse than, you know, having gone through it. I don't know. Right. It's hard to say. Hyperosis was really bad. Um, sure, it, it's really difficult if you don't know somebody who's had it, or, um, if you haven't had it yourself, it's very difficult to explain the darkness that can envelop you while you're in, in the midst of it. Um,
0: right. No, I totally understand. I haven't suffered it myself, but um, I have a sister who has, and I did suffer severe morning sickness, but never to the point where I needed to be hospitalized. And that darkness that you're describing is real. You feel like you're never going to get out of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, with my older daughter, every day I woke, every day I went to bed, I thought I could be better tomorrow. And mm-hmm. when I came down with it the second time, all I could think is this isn't going to end for four months.
0: Oh my gosh. And yeah.
1: And it was, I was really depressed and it was very emotionally hard. It was hard on my husband. It was, you know, I found out I was pregnant and then three days later I just disappeared to the hospital and my three-year-old didn't know where I was. Oh my so gosh. It was just, you know, I mean, she knew I was in the hospital, but she couldn't go see me mm-hmm. and I was just gone. Right. Um, so it, it it was just a very scary thing. And it was so scary that in spite of the fact I knew the church's teaching, I still made that decision and I got that tubal ligation, which has leads me to the best advice that I ever received because after it happened, I felt so horrible and guilty Mm -hmm. um, for lots of different reasons. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm in a homeschooling co-op and there's like a bajillion kids in every family, (laughs) 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 you know, nobody's got fewer than three. And that's even, that's kind of odd. And, you know, it's so it, sometimes it weighed on me really heavily and um, I finally made a really good confession and the priest said, well, your, your family needs you and God is glad that you're here. And he, and I received absolution and, but you know, it gnawed at me. It it mm-hmm. gnawed at me a lot. And I went back to confession a couple of years later to a completely different priest, completely different personality. And um, I said, I've already confessed this. And you know, here's, here's what it is. And he said, well, first off, thank God that you're here and your family needs you. And he said exactly the same words in exactly the same order. Really? And I was like, oh, it's Jesus. Yeah, of course. That's who you're meeting <laughs> in confession, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, we know that in our heads, but sure. I was like, wow, that, sure. I'm like, that's like really Jesus talking to me. Wow. Um, and then after that, he said, um... And this was the advice that he gave me that that has helped me beat back that guilt when it starts coming at me. Mm -hmm. Um, He said, God has forgiven you, and Satan is the one that wants you to forget that God has forgiven you. God would not let you feel guilty about this anymore because he's forgiven. Mm -hmm. And if you feel guilty, it's Satan, and you need to tell him to go away. Wow. You know, tell him to get away from me and remember and hold on to the fact that God has forgiven you what... You confessed in confession.
0: Wow, powerful, powerful advice. It's so I real. Cry. I only really
1: thought I'd cry.
0: <laughs> no, it's the Holy Spirit alive and well here at girlfriends. Um, I love Yay. that story. I mean, what a what a powerful witness that story is. First of all, to the idea that you know it's very real, and um, I think every one of us can relate to making decisions out of fear. And that, you know, I think we've all done that to some extent in our lives and regretting it afterwards, because that's the temptation always, isn't it? Just to to not trust in God, whether it's about your family life or about your finances or whatever it is that's stressing you out to put our trust in something other than God is, I think we all can relate to that temptation. It's very real.
1: It definitely is. And I mean, I still, that same temptations there for other things Sure. Down. I'm still figuring things <laughs> out. But. <laughs> but and then I love
0: the the beautiful testimony of, you know, those those confessions and that what you brought to Jesus there in confession and hearing that same message, um how much more clear could God's message be? to you personally but then now that you've shared with all of us that that same message of because i think you know no matter what it is that you've brought to confession we all do have that temptation to hold on to the guilt to beat ourselves up and what a powerful reminder to recognize where that's coming from and it's not of god
1: it, it has really helped me in times where it it rushes back at me and i think nope god forgave me and jesus told me so himself so <laughs> so stick it <laughs> That's right. Just so stick it in your
0: ears. <laughs> well, that is so great. And what what a powerful witness, though. For someone out there, anybody who might be holding on to guilt for some past decision, um, some past sin, even if you've already confessed it, if you're holding on to that guilt, bring it back to confession and just let go of that burden there because there's nothing but grace and joy and relief to be found inside of doing that even if it's scary i get that it's scary i'm always telling my kids that because it's just you know getting through that that step and and getting yourself to confession is so important
1: oh amen
0: (laughs) yeah well thanks for sharing that um okay we've got time for one more question um before we move on to your lightning round let's just end with um christine what's something that people might be surprised to find out about you
1: um, I used to be an interpreter for the deaf before we moved to Virginia. Wow. Um, and it was my favorite job I've ever had. Um, I did that in live captioning for uh, for deaf and hard of hearing students at, at a couple of colleges in, in uh, the Orlando area. Wow. Do you keep it up? I don't. When we moved here, um, I was like, nope, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. I'm going to do the homeschool thing and just focus on being a homemaker. So. Uh-huh. Um, but I thought about going back. I thought once my kids have graduated, maybe I'll work back and get a certification and, and do that again. Because it's really a cool job. Yeah, I, you know, I, I love that you
0: did that. Because I, I, I that once was a goal of mine to do something similar. And I was I was always fascinated. In fact, in college, my, my thesis was on deaf culture. And I spent some time um, with deaf students in a school for the deaf. And um, I really did feel a, a similar kind of calling toward, you know, ministering to those people in, in that capacity. But I love that you've done it, and that you're open to going back to it.
1: It it was a lot of fun. It it's a uh, it's a great job for an introvert too because you're just sort of you know there but not <laughs> right. You're part of the furniture.
0: <laughs> oh, that is so great. <laughs> well, we look forward to hearing about your adventures on Twitter. Um, wait, tell people your Twitter handle um, so they can oh, follow you.
1: It's at Catholic Mom VA, and that's uh VA for Virginia. So yeah, at- obviously at we Catholic can tell Mom- by your
0: accent where you're from. So. <laughs>
1: And there are a lot of Catholic moms on, on there. So.
0: I know, right. You're the one from VA. So Catholic Mom VA, if you want to check out um, Christine's running challenges, her running streaks, and all that she shares on there. I really I really enjoy following you, and I'm getting to know about you and your family and all that you have going on through Twitter. So other people want to check that out, Catholic Mom VA. So are you ready for a lightning round? Are you nervous for your lightning round, Christine?
1: I've been nervous for everything. So- <laughs> I always try to make people nervous it
0: doesn't always work
1: <laughs> all right so this is just where
0: we ask 60 60 seconds worth of some fast fun questions to get to know you a little bit so if you're ready here we go it's christine johnson's lightning round on the girlfriends podcast okay christine what has surprised you most about becoming a runner
1: um that i could enjoy it
0: nice yeah totally and okay what was the last netflix you watched was it thumbs up or thumbs down
1: um thumbs up because we we've been watching firefly
0: oh nice okay i I still have yet to check that out it sounds good all right on a day off what guilty pleasure do you indulge in
1: oh probably too many ipad games (laughs) candy crush
0: okay what was your favorite class in high
1: school probably english
0: all the books all right coffee or tea coffee twitter or facebook or Instagram uh, okay and years from now St. Christine Johnson will be the patron saint of what? Um oh
1: my gosh I, I beer people who run for beer
0: nice <laughs> And we all shall pray to you. Perfect. Great end to your lightning round. I love that answer. So good job. You survived. You did great. And I really enjoyed just having this conversation with you and um, the powerful story that you've shared so openly and so very humbly. I think it takes a lot of courage to share like you have, Christine. I want to thank you for doing that today.
1: Well, thank you for having me, and I was glad to share it.
0: Great, and now before we have to say goodbye, is there anything that you're working on? I know you do a little bit of writing, um, you do some stuff on your own site, and you've contributed to some books. What's on the horizon for you?
1: Um, well, I am working on a manuscript that I that I'm putting together about uh, on the Rosary. So, oh, I've excellent. Been doing a lot of as a Dominican, that's that's kind of like a I don't know. You, you think it would be like an easy thing, but. It's nerve-wracking a little
0: bit. Sure, sure. No, how how exciting. Great. Well, we look forward to um, seeing that work come to fruition in the coming months. So great. And thank you, Christine, for all that you've shared, for all that you share on Twitter, for how open and honest you are sharing about everyday real life as a Catholic mom in Virginia. I love everything you do. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. So thanks so much to Christine for coming on like that. It was so nice to share about. Her journey through her Catholic faith. And even though she regrets some of the decisions she's made, I think a lot of good fruit is coming from her sharing that story of her regret and that story of her finding forgiveness and mercy. That's a message that we all need to hear. And if you're a fledgling runner or a wannabe runner or a lapsed runner or whatever, you will want to check out what she shares on social media and check out that Couch to 5K program, which is really just such a great hand-holding program for anybody who wants to begin running but doesn't know where to start, is nervous about being able to do it. It's a combination of walking and running that anybody can do. When they say couch to 5k, they really mean it. They're taking you off the couch, holding your hand and walking you through that process of learning to run and make it a regular part of your life. Really do recommend it. I'll link it up in the show notes along with Christine's information as well. And now before we finish up here, I just want to share some feedback that I recently received. I keep getting feedback by email, which I love. You can also send me voicemail feedback. If you go to daniellebean.com, you can click the tab on the side that says Leave Voice Feedback. And that takes you over to a website called SpeakPipe, which you don't need to install anything on your computer or on your phone. You can just leave a voice message if you keep it Under 90 seconds, it will all be contained in that one file for me. Um, If you need longer than that, you can call back, but I'd hate for you to be interrupted, so really try to keep it under those 90 seconds. Another way you can leave voice feedback is through Voxer, which is a great app for sharing voice messages with other people. Um, So I've got a link to that in the show notes as well. You can connect with me on Voxer or good old-fashioned email, which is how I heard from some folks this week. The first is Lisa... Yablonsky. i hope i'm saying your name right lisa um she says hi danielle my name is lisa and i'm a mom of seven ages 19 to 5 and i want to thank you for what you do i was introduced to your work through the momnipotent series that my parish hosted earlier this year if you're interested in momnipotent this is danielle talking now um you can check out the links in the show notes. I hear from women, and it seems to be increasing numbers as we're heading toward the fall season, a number of women that are looking for a program that they can do in their church that's specifically geared toward women. Surprisingly, there's not a lot out there that's specifically Catholic, and that's what the Momnipotent program is. It's specifically Catholic in content, um, although I think a Christian from any you know any kind of Christian faith would appreciate its content. It's really aimed toward women in particular, um, but also moms, and it's just taking the teachings of John Paul II's Theology of the Body and making them accessible to women of all different backgrounds, all different um, walks of life. So that's what Momnipotent's about. So if you want to check that out, it'll be in the show notes. Anyway, on with what Lisa say. Can I just say I really enjoyed enjoy meeting with you each week talking about the podcast. You have such a natural way of talking about the successes and vulnerabilities we face as mom and women. And sometimes those things can be hard to admit even to ourselves. I appreciate your candor and the courage it takes to put yourself out there. As a mom of a big family, I've struggled with finding and maintaining good female friends. I have a lot of friends, usually women from various groups, church, my kids' school, volunteering, etc. And we connect on a certain level and we interact there. They tend to come and go for a season. It's hard to find the time to invest in long-term friendships at this stage, and I'm okay with that. But I but listening to your podcast or picking up one of your books, I just read You're Worth It, full of things I needed to hear. And I know you really get it. Finally, someone who understands all the struggles on a macro level, not just the pieces. That this parenting business is a marathon because although I have a college student, my baby is just entering kindergarten. Not everyone can relate. You clearly can. Thanks for sharing of yourself and helping me feel less alone. I feel if you lived close by, we'd be friends. From Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. And I think I agree just from your short description there that we could be friends if if you lived closer. And I feel that way about so many people that write to me, connect with me, that You know, what what Lisa's describing here is a common situation where we women are so involved in our family lives at whatever stage you're at, it's all-encompassing. It's overwhelming, and of course, we do need to focus on our families, but that can make it a real challenge to develop long-term relationships with other women to invest the time that it takes to build true friendships can be difficult when you're a mom. And so, you know, Lisa's got kids from kindergarten to college and that is a unique circumstance, but it's one that many share. And I know many of my listeners share. So, um, you know, I, I think there are ways in which we can connect as women and as moms. And I just want to encourage Lisa and, and everybody else who's listening that it's worth making that time to invest in those relationships. You you may not have, you know, great success throughout all of your life, but there are certain people in my life that have been there from the very beginning. And for sure, we've had seasons where we barely talked or barely texted or, you know, back in the days when people used to actually make phone calls, that was how we connected. And... um but I so appreciate them still being in my life and we connect when we can. And just having that history together is truly valuable. And, um, you know, I just want to encourage you if you don't have that in your life to seek it out And it doesn't have to be a huge investment of time, but just making that effort, I think it really pays off in the long term when you've got a friend who knows your history, a friend who's been around for, you know, multiple occasions in your life that you've shared many different events with. That, you know, that's an important part of how we experience uh, our families, I think, as women, is being able to connect with other women about that, connect with other women about the things that are truly important. And that really was one of my goals when I was putting together the Momnipotent Study Program, was just plain to encourage women to get together, because I found, even in my own parish, that wasn't something that was happening on a regular basis. And so having a program, I think, is a nice starter for women, that it gives them an excuse, it gives them a reason to get together. And it's really Really been encouraging to me. The number of women I've heard from who've done the program in their parishes, and then were so happy to be getting together on a regular basis. The program is eight weeks long, so they'd meet once a week, generally for eight weeks. And at the end of the eight weeks, would decide, you know what, we kind of want to keep getting together. Let's look for either another program or um, just come together once a week to either you know watch a movie or you know have cake and coffee or you know have have somebody you know share a bible reflection or whatever it is I think it, it's been helpful to women, and it was my hope that it would be helpful to women in creating kind of that excuse and that habit of getting together on a regular basis, because sometimes we need someone to kick us in the pants and make us do it. And So if you haven't checked out the Momnipotent Study, um, that's a good opportunity for you to do that, and you could bring it into your parish. There, If you go to um, Ascension Press, or you can get a link off of my website to the Momnipotent Study Uh, at daniellebean.com, you can get a link to get a free sample. So it has to be somebody from your parish who orders things in an official capacity. They're the person that has the authority to be able to ask for and receive the entire program. So you can thoroughly check it out and see if it's a good fit for you before you decide to invest in it as a parish. So you can check that out. So thank you, Lisa, for sharing those thoughts. The next bit of feedback that I got um, was from listener Becky, which is a little bit of a challenge to me. This is what Becky says. Hi, Danielle. I love your podcast and listen almost every week. I did find myself disagreeing somewhat with your thoughts on prayer this week, or perhaps just questioning my own opinions on prayer. I believe strongly that God does want us to pray for specific things, not because we can control or manipulate God, but because he has ordained that our prayers can change things. I think praying only to understand and live the will of God and not praying for Specific things keeps God at arm's length as if we really can't get too close because we might be disappointed by not getting the exact thing we asked for. I don't even know if I could really have a true intimate relationship with Jesus without asking for specific things. Thy will be done should always be accompanying every prayer, but Jesus himself prayed, Lord, take this cup from me, and then but not my will, but yours. I think God can place specific intentions on our hearts to pray for and then use those to really impact the world and specific people. I have to pray for my dear friend with cancer, heal her Lord, always accompanied with an understanding that God can make good out of anything. What do you think about this? Well, thank you. First of all, Becky, I I love that you're um, challenging me in that way. And I think that maybe it's just what um, the difference between what I talked about in that specific podcast, which I, I, could, I should memorize these numbers of the podcast, but it's the one on um, finding peace in the midst of chaos where I talked about a particular way that I've experienced finding peace in my prayer life was by letting go of that attachment that I had to specific outcomes. Um, And I really, I don't think we really disagree very much. I think it's more um, where you are in your prayer life and the way that you're approaching praying for specific things. It sounds like you have a right balance between wanting to share your heart and your desires with God, wanting to bring those to God as you would to a close, intimate friend, but being Understanding and accepting of the idea of accepting God's will, and it may or may not include those specific things that you're praying for. And I think that what I've struggled with is an overattachment to my particular preferences and in praying specifically for things. And I'm, I'm not saying that I don't, um, you know, like I said in that podcast. I encourage people, including myself, bring it all to Jesus, bring it all to God and lay it out before him. Tell him all the things that are going wrong and the way the kids are driving you crazy and, you know, the specific thing you hope for inside of your marriage or whatever it is, bring it to him. But then what I've had had to struggle with, what I've been working on is detaching myself from those plans as if prayer isn't so much me um connecting with Jesus on an intimate level and sharing my heart with Him and being open to hearing what He might want to say to me, but more it was becoming like a list of, these are the things I need you to do for me, (laughs) where I felt like I was too attached to that idea of, I've already got this figured out, God. You know, thanks for whatever you have planned, but I've got it planned better, and here's my list of things and how I need it to go down. And so, that's where I've been. And that's why, and that's what I was trying to share inside of that podcast. And I don't think it really means that either of us has the right way or the wrong way. It's about where you are in in your prayer life right now. And I feel that um, in my my way of detaching and being more focused on accepting the will of God rather than giving Him a list of what what I want and the things that I'm desiring or struggling with in a specific way, I think it's it's helpful to me to be focused on that trust. And that does not at all get in the way of me having an intimate relationship with Jesus, I think it really helps me actually to be focused on that. You know, I, I think about like inside of um, my marriage, for example, the more that I trust Dan to want what's best for me, the, the closer we are, the, the more that I, I, you know, and the closer we are, the more I trust him, you know, it kind of works both ways. And I think that it's, it's also true inside of our spiritual relationship, inside of our relationship with, with God, with our creator, that the more I personally practice that fine art of letting go of my own will and learning to trust that his is better that his is best that his is infinitely better than mine in ways I could never imagine and that he sees the whole picture when I'm seeing one little tiny corner of the page where um I find that that's actually very helpful and very fruitful inside of my own prayer life to Trust in God and focus on that trust in God. And yes, I'll still tell him all the details. I'll still bring all the details. I still allow myself to imagine all the ways that I think things could work out best and the things that I want to have and have happen in my life and for those people that I love. but it's really more a focus on that on that trust and that detachment. Anyway, I hope that makes some sense, Becky. And if you have more to share on it, I would love to hear back from you. If any of this has struck a chord with you, I would love to hear from you too. You can always email me at danielle at daniellebean.com. You can leave that voice message, as I explained earlier, or connect on Voxer or social media. I'm Danielle Bean on pretty much everything, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. You can connect with me anywhere. I would love to hear from you what you think about this week's topic and um, what's on your heart and mind and what kinds of topics you might like for me to take up in the future here on Girlfriends. So thank you to those of you who sent feedback and um, thank you for those of you who leave reviews on iTunes or share the links to the podcast on Facebook. I appreciate all of it. I especially appreciate those of you who are continuing to support this podcast through patreon.com. If you go to patreon.com forward slash girlfriends, you can find out all the details on how you can financially support the production of this podcast for as little as a dollar per episode. It really is a way to encourage me to continue to make the podcast on a weekly basis basis. It's a way to give this podcast your vote of confidence and let me know that you want me to continue to produce it. So again, at patreon.com forward slash girlfriends, you can check out all the details for the ways that you can encourage and support the production of the Girlfriends podcast. So that's all the time we have, but I am so happy that you have spent this time here with me. I really appreciate it. I know your time is valuable. I know we all have to pick and choose the things that we will spend our time on, the things that are worth listening to. And I am so grateful that you've chosen to spend this time with me here at Girlfriends. I am truly grateful for your presence here and for your participation in all the different ways, and I do hold all of you who listen in my prayers every week. So until next time, I hope you enjoy your day, and God bless your week.
1: Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.